the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. The saying in verse 22 is the days are prolonged and every vision fails. And what that saying means is, you know, kind of like, well, things will just continue on as they always have. God's not going to judge his people. God's not going to judge us. Nothing's going to happen to us. You can just ignore all those religious nuts who say the end is near, that judgment's coming. Things are just going to continue on as they always have. When believers declare truth about God's judgment and the coming of the end times, people will scoff. He hasn't come yet, after all, so why should anyone believe he will? Today, Pastor Dan will explain that people have a false sense that nothing will happen, nothing will change. Judgment won't happen. God doesn't care what's happening. However, it's dangerous to mistake his patience in drawing people to himself as an inability to fulfill his promises. Every promise and prophecy will be fulfilled, including judgment against sin. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Ezekiel chapter 12 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. they came to a city, instead of just attacking the city, they would surround it and they would cut off the food supply and the water supply and they would just starve the people out and they would wait for the people to surrender or they would wait for the people to become too weak to fight. Uh, and, and this siege uh, lasted around 18 months where the people that were, you know, were trapped in the city, the Babylonians were just camped around the city. That's what it means. They built a siege wall against it all around. They built a wall around it to prevent people from going in and going out. So the city was besieged until the 11th year of King Zedekiah, verse 3. By the the ninth day of the fourth month, the famine had become so severe in the city that there was no food for the people of the land. Then the city wall was broken through. So now the Babylonians are coming into the city because the people are in such a weakened state. And all the men of war fled at night by way of the gate between the two walls. So the army flees, which was by the king's garden, even though the Chaldeans were still encamped all around against the city. And the king went by way of the plain. He he flees out. Your your translation might say... uh, Arabah, that means the plain, he flees out of Jerusalem, the king Zedekiah. He, he makes it out of the city. He makes it up over the Mount of Olives. And if you remember when we studied this before in Jeremiah, I showed you a picture of the Judean hills. He makes it through these desert hills all the way out to the plain of Jericho, this flat desert that goes out towards the Jordan River. 
uh, and it's, it's, it's desert. He makes it that far. If he gets to the Jordan River and he can get across the Jordan River uh, over into like Moab, he can get up in the mountains there, he's safe. So he's, he's almost home free here. He gets all the way out to the plain of Jericho. Verse 5, But the army of the Chaldeans pursued the king, and they overtook him in the plains of Jericho. And all his army was scattered from him. And so they took the king, verse 6, and brought him up to the king of Babylon at Riblah. Remember, Riblah was the headquarters that the Babylonians set up in that region when they were on this military campaign. It's up, up, up in Syria, Lebanon area today. And they pronounced judgment on him. And here's the important part. Verse 7 then they killed the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes, and then they put out the eyes of Zedekiah. They plucked out his eyes. If you want, if you want to get real technical, the Hebrew word means they scooped out his eyes. You guys should go out for ice cream after. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Think about that the next time you're scooping ice cream out. I think about it every time I'm scooping ice cream out. And they bound him with bronze fetters, and they took him to Babylon. So now, go, go back with me to Ezekiel. In Ezekiel, it says in verse 13, the middle of the verse, I will bring him to Babylon, to the land of the Chaldeans, yet he shall not see it, though he shall die there. And you read that and you say, well, if they're going to take him to Babylon, how is he not going to see Babylon? If he's going to die in Babylon, how is he going to die in Babylon without seeing it? It doesn't really make much sense. But we're told why in 2 Kings 25, because Nebuchadnezzar blinded Zedekiah before sending him to Babylon. So he, he was carried to Babylon, but he didn't see Babylon. Now, Jeremiah the prophet also prophesied about Zedekiah being taken to Babylon. Uh, and Jeremiah also said Zedekiah will die in, in, in Babylon. And so you, you have Jeremiah said Zedekiah will be taken to Babylon. And, and here Ezekiel says Zedekiah will not see Babylon. And it sounds like a contradiction. And it sounds like a contradiction unless you know the rest of the story that we read in 2 Kings 25. We know that Zedekiah was made blind before he was taken to Babylon. And that's why he went to Babylon, but he didn't see it. So both Jeremiah and Ezekiel are correct in what they say. Now, according to historic tradition, like Josephus writes about this, for example, as Zedekiah is king in Jerusalem, Jeremiah's prophesying what's going to happen. Ezekiel is over in Babylon. He's giving these prophecies about what's going to happen. And the prophecy of Ezekiel and the prophecy spoken by Jeremiah, they were both brought to the king, Zedekiah. Say, hey, these two men, Jeremiah and Ezekiel, they claim to be speaking for God. They claim to be prophets, and they're saying that God says that you're going to be carried to Babylon, but Ezekiel says you're not going to see Babylon. Zedekiah, as the sitting king, he receives both these prophecies, and according to tradition, he read both of them 
and to him they appeared to contradict each other. One's, one's saying he's going to go to Babylon, one's saying he's not going to see Babylon, so Zedekiah just dismissed both the prophecies. You know, they're conflicting stories, so he just dismissed them and ignored them, uh, not knowing that God was actually warning him of what's to come. Uh, again, uh, verse 14, uh, I will scatter to every wind all who are around him to help him and to, to all his troops. Zedekiah's army was no help to him against the Babylonians when he tried to flee from the city. Verse 15, then they shall know that I am the Lord when I scatter them among the nations and disperse them throughout the countries. This is why God allowed such devastating judgment to come upon his people. It was to reveal himself to them so that he would know, so they would know that he is the Lord. Do you know, sometimes God will use devastating things in our lives for the purpose of revealing himself to us. And God will will use traumatic events to reveal himself to us. And I don't know about you, but I, when I, I think about, well, Lord, would I have not listened if you would have used, like, a real easy way? Would I have just not paid attention? And that's why you had to do it this other way? Because I'm, I'm so stiff-necked and I'm so hard-headed and hard-hearted that I just wouldn't have paid attention any other way. Huh. Something to think about. But he uses these things to reveal himself to people. He promised also to spare a remnant in verse 16, but I will spare a few of their men from the sword, from famine, and from pestilence. that They may declare all their abominations among the Gentiles wherever they go, then they shall know that I am the Lord. Some of the people are going to be spared from going into captivity in Babylon. Some of the people are going to be spared from the famine in the city and the pestilence in Jerusalem and the sword of the Babylonians. They're going to be allowed to survive and stay in the land. And God's going to use that to reveal himself to those people. And that's something. That God would use this, this, this hardship, allowing them to survive, which, uh, you know, in some ways, you might be better off if you died in, in, in the siege than to survive in the land after the Babylonians. Jeremiah talks about that in Lamentations. He, he compares, he contrasts the people who survived in Jerusalem to what God did to Sodom and Gomorrah. And he says, well, at least in Sodom and Gomorrah, he just wiped them out in an instant, raining fire down upon them and destroying the city. We were under siege for over a year from these Babylonians and suffering. And Jeremiah's lamentation is that, hey, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah had it better. And we did, because at least their judgment was quick. Verse 17, moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man. So now he's going to do another acting out here to communicate to the people. Son of man, eat your bread with quaking and drink your water with trembling and anxiety and say to the people of the land, thus says the Lord God to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to the land of Israel. They shall eat their bread with anxiety and drink their water with dread so that her land may be emptied of all who are in it because of the violence of all those who dwell in it. 
you know, the siege of Jerusalem would be so great uh, and be so distressing for the people of the city that they will tremble while they eat their bread and drink their water. They'll have very little food to eat, and they will eat with great fear and great dread. He tells us in verse 19, the land will be emptied because of the violence of the people. God cares about violence in a nation. He's going to judge Israel because of the amount of violence of the people who dwell in it. We'll return to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton in a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to extend a special invitation to our listeners. If you've enjoyed the messages on Ring of Truth, I'd like to personally invite you to join us this Sunday at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just five minutes from Routes 29, 95, and 100. I'd love for you to come be part of our time of worship and Bible study this weekend at 9 or 11 a.m., I always enjoy meeting listeners of Ring of Truth, so please be sure to introduce yourself to me after church. To find out more information and to get directions, visit our website at calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. That website again is calvaryec.com. We look forward to seeing you. Now, back to today's message. Then the cities that are inhabited shall be laid waste. All the cities are going to be destroyed by the Babylonians And the land itself shall become desolate. And you shall know that I am the Lord. So God will use uh, destruction. He'll use waste. He'll use desolation. He'll use ruin. To reveal himself. Verse 21. And the word of the Lord came to me saying. Son of man. What is this proverb that you people have about the land of Israel, (laughs) which says the days are prolonged and every vision fails? (laughs) So the the people apparently had a a, a proverb, a a saying in that day. And, and, And the saying in verse 22 is the days are prolonged and every vision Fails. And what that saying means is, you know, kind of like, well, things will just continue on as they always have. God's not going to judge his people. God's not going to judge us. Nothing's going to happen to us. You can just ignore all those religious nuts who say the end is near. Or that judgment's coming. Things are just going to continue on as they always have. You know, in the New Testament, Peter tells us that in the last days, scoffers will come saying, well, where is the promise of his coming? Peter said that one of the signs of the last days is there will be scoffers who will scoff at Christians and say, hey, you Christians keep saying Jesus is coming. Well, where is he? You've been talking about this since the 1960s. Well, where is he? And that, that will be a sign of the last days. People mocking the return of Christ. People will, you know, a sign of the last days is people mocking that we're in the last days. And just like in the last days of the nation of Israel, before judgment came upon that nation, people mocked God's judgment and said it'll never happen. They mocked those who said that judgment was coming, that these are the last days of Israel. 
And I love God says here, you know, hey, what's that proverb that people say? Verse 23, well, tell them, therefore, thus says the Lord God, I will lay this proverb to rest. And they shall no more use it as a proverb in Israel, but say to them, the days are at hand and the fulfillment of every vision. (laughs) For no more shall there be any false vision or flattering divination within the house of Israel. For I am the Lord, I am Yahweh, I speak and the word which I speak will come to pass. It will no more be postponed for in your days, O rebellious house, I will say the word and perform it says the Lord God. God says, hey, you know what? I got a new proverb for them to learn. People are going to stop saying that old proverb. I got a new one for them. Tell them the time has come. They, they mock and say, the time is never going to happen. I've got a new proverb for them. The time has come. Every promise I've made, God says, will be fulfilled. Every promise God makes in his word will come to pass every prophecy God makes in his word will be fulfilled. Jesus said every jot and every tittle of God's word will be fulfilled. To put that in modern language, every T will be crossed and every I will be dotted of his word. Down to the very last detail, God will fulfill his word. And one day God will silence every scoffer, God will silence Every critic. And, and, you know, we should not mistake God's patience and God's long suffering for an inability to fulfill his word. Second Peter chapter three says the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. But the day of the Lord will come as an unexpectedly as a thief then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire and the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. Peter says God's not being slow concerning his promises. He's being patient and he's giving people the opportunity to repent and be saved before the judgment comes. You know, the Bible has a lot to say about the future. The Bible has a lot to say about what is to come upon the earth in the last days. And, and I would say many of the signs that are predicted in the Bible, signs of the last days and events of the last days, we're, we're seeing many of those signs taking place today and beginning to happen and falling into place in our day like never before. God will fulfill his word. That's what he says here. And then finally, verse 26, again, the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, look, The house of Israel is saying the the vision that he sees is for many days from now. And and he prophesies of of times far off. Therefore, say to them, thus says the Lord God, none of my words will be postponed anymore. But the word which I speak will be done, says the Lord God. So you have some scoffers in Israel, in the last days of that nation before judgment came, some scoffers were saying, hey, judgment's never going to happen. People have been saying that for years. Oh, you know, old man Jeremiah has been saying that for 40 years. And it hasn't happened yet. It's never going to come. Others were saying judgment is a long way off. 
It is not going to happen anytime soon. You still have people like that today. You have both of those types of people today. You have people that say, oh, you're crazy to think that we're living in the last days or this is the end times or, or that Jesus is coming back. Or you're, you're, that's crazy talk. And you have other people that, will, that say, well, could be decades and decades and decades before anything happens. And the idea here is, man, judgment is so far off. It's not going to happen in our lifetime. We don't have to worry about it. It's not going to happen in our generation. It doesn't affect us. But here's, here's what the Bible does teach. The Bible teaches that Jesus Christ could come for his church at any moment. It's called the doctrine of imminence. That there's nothing that needs to happen in the world or nothing that needs to be fulfilled before Jesus could come for his church. So we're not waiting for something to fall into place before the rapture of the church happens. The rapture of the church could happen at any moment. It could happen tonight. And we as believers are to live as if today's the day. And we're to always be ready. And we're always watching. Always sober. Always vigilant. Ready for the Lord to come. So that he would find us ready. When he does come. And so we're to live our lives. As if today's the day that Christ will come for his church. And he'll take us home to heaven. And we're not to be people that say. Well, it could be a thousand years from now. We don't have to worry about that. Or That's what the scoffers say. See, the attitude of the Christian should be Maranatha. Come, Lord Jesus. I hope it's today. And if not today, I hope it's tomorrow. I mean, do you, do you, really, I mean, do you really want it to be a hundred years from now? <laughs> really? I mean, when you really want it to be tonight or tomorrow, like, let's go, you know? Why wait? I don't, I don't want it to be a long time from now. I want it to be now. I want it to, and, you know, and we need to live with that kind of expectancy that the imminent return of Christ could happen at any moment. He could come for his church. And it's interesting to me that as, as this nation is about to fall under the judgment of God, speaking of Israel here in the book of Ezekiel, that you've got these scoffers who are scoffing at the idea of the last days, scoffing at the idea of judgment. You've got others that are saying, man, that's all way, way far away in the future. It's not going to happen in our day. It's not going to happen in our generation. Just like you do today. And then this is what was happening right before judgment came upon the nation of Israel. And you see the same parallels. You see parallels happening today. And I, I believe the Lord could come back for his church at any moment. And we should be ready for that. And we should want that. We should desire that. Our prayer should be come quickly. Lord Jesus, not come a long time from now. Not give us more time, but come quickly, Lord Jesus. He asked me how I know. 
Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan as we study verse by verse through the book of Ezekiel. In Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 26 through 27, the Lord says, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues and be careful to obey my rules. No matter how far away you stray from God, He never gives up on you. He always offers restoration and hope, even after you might reject it. What a gift and what love. If you'd like to hear this message again or more from Pastor Dan, we encourage you to visit our website, calvaryec.com. We also encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your walk with Jesus. If you're ever in or near the Columbia, Maryland area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Each week, we gather together at 10 a.m. on Sunday to worship our Savior and study God's Word. And we'd be honored to share that time with you. Check out calvaryec.com to find directions and to learn more about the church behind this ministry. Again, that was Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. We're so glad you joined us today, and we pray this message has been a blessing and encouraged you in your faith. Pastor Dan will have much more to share from the book of Ezekiel when you tune in again, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. It's true.